five-ish fangirls, I love you. And I'm one of the five-ish. In fact, I'm the biggest one of the five-ish. I am the sixth Doctor Colin Baker, and I wish you all well. Have fun. We continue all the way to episode 375 of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. And the Beatles once saying, you can't buy me love, but you can buy Paul McCartney tickets. And that's kind of the same thing, right? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. So glad you joined us. Let's start off like we do every virtual table is see who's joined us this week. This is Brittany Belvedere. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. Now that we're properly back together again. Yes. Yes. I feel like I've been away forever. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It happens. Life happens. That's that's just life. Yes. May it's May was thing. not May was not a good month. We were we we all just kind of took turns being sick all yep. month long and it sucked. Yeah. But the good news is we did take Alex to go see his first movie in the theaters which was Sonic 2 and it was excellent oh, and he loved it. Yay. Awesome. So I I was a little afraid like like okay, are you going to be bored? Are you going to want to wander around? And he got a little mm-hmm. restless but uh, our theater has like those big kind of recliner chairs so oh you know, nice it's you know he's got plenty of room to wiggle around and not bug anybody but oh gosh he mm-hmm. loved it and then afterward um you know the credits are rolling and you're like what did you think alex he goes more sonic yeah <laughs> so we had to come <laughs> home and watch the first one a plus nice. parenting right there yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he even he even did the little uh, sign language sign which is you know you, you put, bring your fingertips together a couple times just for more he goes more, more sonic. yep yep and i'm like you are an adorable child and yes we can go watch more sonic mm-hmm. yes I, I i know what that more sign with cousins mm-hmm. with younger cousins and it's like yep okay yep we'll get you more hold on mm-hmm. <laughs> let me teach you about the cartoon that we had when i was a kid oh yes, yes. i remember that one that was uh-huh. like the only Sonic thing I had when I was a kid because we had the, we had the Super Nintendo. Mom and Dad were not springing for Sega Genesis too. Mm-hmm. It's like you got that. Nope. Be happy with the Battle of the Consoles. Yep. yep. The we, only we, time we, it was yeah. Sonic was when I babysat for my cousin and we'd have the tag team. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is we were gonna like, be real good babysitting. You and me in front of the. We will make sure to go outside, but yeah, we'll, we can play a couple rounds of Sonic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, my mom and I used to take turns <laughs> playing Sonic. Yeah. We, ne- we never Our- owned a Sega, so I think I only ever played the arcade game. I, yeah, I had although- a Sega growing up. Although now Alex, um, he has a you know a Kindle Fire for kids, and there are apps where you're playing the original Sonic games, oh, and he's nice. like, and he'll play them more yeah, or less. No like he's got it, he's have. got it kind of figured out. Uh, but uh, he'll get to a tricky part, and I'm and he'll hand it to me to to, to figure it out, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh gosh, 
<laughs> Here, like, mama. Uh, it, I will try. And you know, the, the controls, you're on a tablet, so yeah. it's not buttons. This is not the same as a Sega controller. This, no, this right, isn't yeah. working. Yeah. What button am I yeah, pushing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have I have a Luna and I'm still trying to figure out the controls on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> With the free games. It's like, okay, you're supposed to do this, this, and this. It's like, this is not helping. Okay, I'm done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when I have more time and my frustration level is a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, well, I'm glad everybody's feeling better. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, we are. Thank goodness. Yep. So. All right. Well, we don't really have a whole lot in the way of news other than Russell T. Davies just slowly trying to kill us all before Doctor Who reaches its <laughs> 60th anniversary. Yeah. With the announcement that Neil Patrick Harris mm-hmm. is now going to be part of the 60th anniversary special i was i'm just under the assumption that it's going to be a special of some sort uh yeah shenanigans yep <clears throat> someone no nothing that possibly in, the toy maker i would go for it <laughs> i that's just fan assumptions that there's absolutely yeah, nothing that he or neil have posted that indicates indicate gives any indication to who he might be playing but the picture does kind of scream celestial toy maker so oh yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. which which i would not be opposed to isn't too subtle yeah yeah Yeah. sometimes is very subtle (laughs) yeah yeah i mean celestial toy maker is like that whole idea and concept is just it's bonkers awesome. but it but yeah but yeah. in a really good way like like big finish mm-hmm. has done some great stuff with that Ooh, and it's yeah. one that i'm mm-hmm. like oh i wish you know i wish they could they would animate it or something but because the yes. story itself is is really good mm-hmm. but there so, better be a panda on a chair yeah. yes that's all i'm saying mm-hmm. somewhere even if we it's need, just hidden we need a panda yep. in a back you know yep. in background somewhere there better be a panda on a chair that's all i'm saying yep <laughs> Yep. Uh, so we don't uh, ask much. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yep. Yeah, so 60th anniversary shenanigans still under production, underway. Watch this space. <laughs> so. And I'm sure many more announcements to come. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, I'm sure. We still have a lot of time between now and November of next year. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, when you're when when you're the guy taking over, and you know, your first thing is next year. You're like, well, I'll just you know keep that. I'll the, just, you know, the BBC having on. its big centenary this yeah, year, right. so you know, it's like, like oh, I'll yeah. work on my thing while all that other stuff's going on. So yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So, um, that's really it for the news. Uh, so moving on to feedback, got some feedback from Shalane, which, um, we're going to skip over some of it because there are Dr. Strange spoilers in here. Uh, <laughs> try to be good i know it's been more than a month since the movie was released but at this point it's like 
I know there's people that have not been spoiled yet. I'd like to keep it that way. Like Chauncey, as far as I know, he's mm -hmm. not been spoiled on anything. So <laughs> he hasn't spent a lot of time on social media either, which is the blessing, I think, in his case. Uh, it is. So Non-spoilery related yeah. feedback that shalane mentioned <laughs> um she mentions and i still have not watched this even though i know what dropped was the the teaser for the live action pinocchio with tom hanks <laughs> you yep. know i still have not watched it so uh but i mean it's being directed by robert zemeckis so it's in good hands yeah so you know and he and Tom Hanks have worked together several times. So, um, and then she mentions um, the Queen's uh, Jubilee, which was now yes. a couple, you know, the first weekend in July, June, was the big mm -hmm. ta-da um, yes. across the pond, which I, unfortunately, because I was at PopCon, <laughs> i was a little distracted so it's like by the time mm -hmm. popcorn finally got done sunday i was like okay taking the shoes off i'm sitting down i'm pouring myself an adult beverage i am watching the platinum party at the palace dad oh. damn it <laughs> queen and adam lambert stole the show on yes. that one i mean the so. the musical numbers did awesome too don't get me wrong yes that opening was fantastic yeah so but yeah it was uh really cool to see not just britain but the commonwealth come together to celebrate uh her majesty's 70th mm -hmm. anniversary platinum anniversary of being sovereign so mm -hmm. um, very very awesome and it looks like it was a lot of fun so mm -hmm. very cool from the clips i caught it's like oh they're having a great time and you know this is probably never going to happen again <laughs> yeah right. exactly yep so yeah that was cool yeah um then uh she mentions that she's been waiting to give us feedback on dr strange for weeks sorry <laughs> I said we could do it eventually. We did. So, <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to find stuff that's not spoilery. <laughs> redacted, 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 redacted. I'm so sorry, Shalane. You know, but you know how this goes. You've sent us enough feedback. You know how it goes. <laughs> uh, level nine clearance needed. Yeah. Oops, you touched uh, Lola. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, she said. I. She says she loved America Chavez. We know mm -hmm. that's a spoiler. She was awesome. Um, she's part of my group of favorite females in the MCU. I love her jacket. I want her jacket so bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sure someone on the interwebs somewhere out there can assist you with either making one for you or showing you how to make one yourself if you are so inclined check so. etsy although i'm sure they're going to be a pretty penny yeah yeah but you know yeah um uh she said the the post credit scene surprised her because of who's in it um 
And she says, who's next in the MC now? Robert, you dacked who it is. But she's like, who's next? Bryce Dallas Howard, Renona Ryder, Anne Hathaway? Just wait. It'll probably happen. Give it enough time. Eventually, yep. all of those people will probably end up at the MCU at some point. <laughs> <laughs> if cameo or not lead character of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and redacted so sorry Me. Shalane <laughs> that's about all I can mention it's not completely spoilery so once you know certain people things have that, things that happen it, to characters we, will, can do the re, the, we can unredact the redacted it can, yeah. it can be unclassified so we'll hang on to it for later mm-hmm But if you listen to our episode, then you know we talked about everything. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, moving on to this week's main topic. Very excited about this. <laughs> me too, me too, me too. <laughs> One, because I always love to talk about people I love, and also I'm still mm-hmm. writing the high. Oh, yeah. Seeing him recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> Weeks ago, as of tomorrow. So um, I'm very excited to be doing this dive into Sir Paul McCartney, who is having yes. a big birthday coming up this saturday as we're recording this it's saturday the 18th of june the man is turning 80 years old and he's and he still looking good no signs of slowing down like i said i just saw him two weeks ago and he went for over two and a half hours so nice that that, that that's springsteen level yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh there's a website uh I'll have to look it up because I can't remember the URL at the moment. Um I could put it in the show notes. There's a website that you could go to that they track like pretty much every live, you know, every band artist tour out there. Cool. Yep. A lot of it's ag- mm-hmm. all the old stuff gets aggregated from fans who have like memories and mm-hmm. newspaper clippings and stuff. But you can see yep. like like and they track like songs and you could look up the statistics uh-huh. like how many times has metallica done enter sandman you know in their yep. existence um and the tour that paul is on right now they did the math and he's averaging like two hours and 40 something minutes per show wow so, yeah so yeah he yeah. is and he he does not have an opener so that is all nope. him. Mm-hmm. That is from the Paul. minute he yeah. takes a stage till the confetti flies from the ceiling and mm-hmm. the ushers start to push you out the door. <laughs> so because I I think that was the same way in '93. There was no opening act. It was nope. just him. He's never to... had an opening act. Had an op- four times that I've seen him. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have I, to check that website because I have I have vague memories of the set list and the scrapbook that I have of the lead up, the review of the concert, and that I know it had a playlist, but I 
don't know where that scrapbook is at the moment. So yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's got the concert tickets too. Nice. Yes, I we we saved them. Mom and Dad were just like, okay, they're going in the safe spot. You're putting those in the scrapbook. Like, yes, thank you, please. Good memories. Yeah. That I have a tour T-shirt and I think a a program because it was with the, the off the ground tour. That's when mm-hmm. I saw him. So Linda was still around. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him four times in the last, my first show was 2005. Nice. So, um, but yeah, I've seen him four times since then. Only once has actually been in Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> so you went traveling for the others. I've had to travel for all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah. And every every time I've seen him, he's it's just been, you know, people in their seats getting all excited and then mm-hmm. and then they're just this, you know, two and a half plus hours of just <laughs> so uh-huh. oh. singing along <laughs> and your voice is gone oh the God, next morning. Yes. But it's so worth it. Yes. Absolutely. So like I said, can't buy me love, but you can't buy Paul McCartney tickets, which yep, kind of the same thing. So, but to have Paul McCartney shows, you have to have a Paul McCartney first. Yes, you do. And obviously there will be some overlap, quite a bit of overlap when we kind of get to, you know, that little band he was in during the 60s. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We covered a lot of that when we talked about John Lennon, so we'll try not to repeat ourselves too much. Um, but before that, James Paul McCartney. How many people knew that Paul is actually not his first name? I did. I did too. <laughs> I did not. So there, I learned something. There you go. In fact, actually, on his TikTok, when the uh, kind of trend was going around of people using that song, That's Not My Name, and it'd be like, you know, famous people, like actors and stuff, it'd be like Alicia Silverstone posting, like, my name's Alicia, but may- some people may know me as, you know, Cher from Clueless or Batgirl or that, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so when Paul McCartney posted one, he's like, my name is Paul, but you may know me as James. And I'm like, I wonder how many people's mind were just blown that they did not know that his name is not Paul McCartney. It's James Paul McCartney. Why he chose to go by his middle name, I think was maybe to help separate himself from his dad because his dad's name was James, but he went by Jim. That could it was be probably yeah. just easier. But when you think about it, it's like, you know, when the Beatles became a thing, it's really easy. John, Paul, George, and Ringo, it just rolls off the tongue. Could you imagine trying to do John, James, George, and Ringo? That's a lot of yeah. ja. That's yeah. a lot of ja. Ja. Yeah. Not that he could have known that, yeah, when he decided to start, at whatever age he decided to start going by Paul. But still, it's like, yeah, that just would not, I mean after 50 something years it probably would have rolled off the tongue as part of just the natural zeitgeist but still looking back it's like no that just doesn't seem right (laughs) (laughs) 
So yes, James Paul McCartney was born on the 18th of June, 1942 at Walton Hospital in the Walton area of Liverpool. He was born to his mother, Mary, who worked as a nurse, and his father, James, aka Jim McCartney, um, who actually was not there when his son was born because he was working as a volunteer firefighter because it was World War II. Yeah, that that would that would do it. Yep. There was this little thing going on. You may have heard of it. Yep. Um so uh yeah, so because of the war and the things that came with that, uh the the family life was a little upended for a little while cuz you know the all of Britain was being, yeah, you know, <laughs> it, there, don't you know? There's London a war was going being on. blitzed, and other you know other parts of Britain were being you know people were having to go to war, and businesses were closing, or they had to be repurposed and facilitate and manufacture things to help the war effort. Because his father had worked at a cotton mill, essentially a cotton merchant um uh before the war um and then when the war broke out the place was shuttered and his dad had to go off and find other employment and then also as a did a gig as a volunteer firefighter so yeah so things were a little a little, little shaky there during the first few years of uh of Paul's life um uh, Thankfully, his mom, being a registered nurse, uh, came in handy because that meant she was able to find really steady work and actually was kind of the family's majority breadwinner for the longest time. Um, and uh, after the war ended, they were finally able to settle down properly in a home uh, in 55 um where where because uh, in 53 paul was only one of three students out of 90 to pass the 11 plus exam um which got him uh which is their standardized exams um <clears throat> uh so um he uh was able to attend the Liverpool Institute um and um because he was attending that school um uh, he had to take a bus to from his home to said school and it is on that bus in nineteen fifty four where he met a fellow schoolmate by the name of George Harrison. So George is actually the first, the, 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 this is the first earliest connection of Beatles that we are aware of thereabouts. Um, so even though George was a year younger than uh, a year below Paul, um, they did become friends. <laughs> so, um, so because of 
Mary's job as a nurse and a midwife. And because she was the main breadwinner of the house, that allowed them to move to the house in Allerton, where they lived until 1964, which obviously by then Beatlemania was a thing. And Paul had a bit more money <laughs> to contribute to the household. But, you know, kind of like with Elton John, there's no shame in living with your parents. No. Until you until you find a, a, a good career for yourself. So yep. you know, don't uh you know. Don't knock I'll, it. Sometimes it's yeah. what you've got. <laughs> exactly. I mm -hmm. mean, at this point, you know, Paul was 22, which is still fairly young, but still, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're, you know, there's, there's, there's no shame in it. Just, you know, the next time somebody's like, oh, you're still living with your parents. It's just like, well, it worked for Elton John and Paul McCartney. So, <laughs> you know, there you go. <laughs> And then they'll be like, um, but <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, by the time Beatlemania came around, unfortunately, Paul's mother was not around to see it um, because she died in 1956 um, uh, because of a embolism that she developed um, as complications from surgery she'd had for breast cancer. Mm. Um so but that gave something him and john lennon to bond over the fact that they both lost their moms young because you know, we know that john had lost his mother when he was 17 paul was 14 when his mom died so uh thankfully his father jim um was um uh musically inclined um so um he was a, a trumpet player and a pianist um they had an upright piano in their home um and actually encouraged paul to take piano lessons um however paul declined because he prefers and still does prefer to learn by ear. And that is still the case. And the man still does not know how to read music. Has never learned. <laughs> so. Uh, but, you know, I think he's done okay. Probably. <laughs> just a little bit. Without any formal training. So. Mm -hmm. Um. When he was 11, his father encouraged him to audition for the Liverpool Cathedral Choir. He was not accepted. Again. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> some other musicians we know. Uh, again, mm -hmm. I, I think I mentioned this when we talked about Elton John. It's like yeah. you hear about all these musicians, like your famous rock stars and pop stars. that are like, yeah, I sucked it. Uh, I sucked at lessons. I didn't do, you know, I had a music teacher told me I was no good or all these things, but it's like, and yet they created some amazing, memorable songs mm -hmm. that well, it's yes. just like, you know, you just, 
you, that are you don't still being know, played yeah. and listened to t- today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Played played by the man I mean, himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what if they had been accepted? Maybe they would have not gone down the career path that we know they went down. True. I, I will yep. I will tell you, you know, having I, I took a creative writing class in college because I was like, oh, I want to, you know, learn how to write or, you know, I've got ideas. I want to write them. And all the things I learned in creative writing in college, it's like I, I have to unlearn it because it's it gets in the way because mm-hmm. you've got somebody else in your head telling you how to do it. And like, no, your advice sucks. Which, you know, mm-hmm. I had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Oh. There's nothing wrong with me, you know, getting mm-hmm. advice and suggestions uh, yes. from quote-unquote experts, but sometimes you got to forge your own path. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, well, in my case, where I was doing it in college for a grade, it was like, this was a dumb idea. Because... <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to do it the way the professor wants it, even though it's not the way you would do it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, who knows what would have happened. Yep. Yep. We don't have Doctor Strange to to <laughs> open up the multiverse to show us, okay, what would have happened if? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those 14,605,000 possibilities. Yep. Infinity War was on the TV when I was at the gym earlier, so. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it um, just moved into Endgame not that long ago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ooh, weird. Ooh. Yep. Um, so when he was 14, uh, Paul got a trumpet from his father for his birthday. Um but um this little thing called rock and roll was starting to make its way around the around the globe um so he ended up trading it in for a acoustic guitar because he wanted to be able to sing while he was playing music so um at first he found it difficult um which nowadays is probably less likely the case but in the late 50s the idea of right-handed versus left-handed may have not been as you know a thing that necessarily was manufactured <laughs> like manufacture you know there may have been a few places out there maybe manufactured like left-handed handed guitars mm-hmm. um nowadays it's 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 more common to, to be able to mm-hmm. find left hands instruments made yeah. specifically for people who are left-handed because uh, if memory but, serves Jimi hendrix had to turn his guitar upside down in order to play it <laughs> yeah something like this or in paul's case he reversed the strings reversed the order of the strings oh, cool that works yep because yeah. uh, he uh, saw a poster for a Slim Whitman concert and I guess the picture had Slim Whitman and realized that Slim Whitman was left handed um, so he just reversed order on the strings <laughs> nice hey, yeah. that works yeah so but yeah by then he was you know being influenced by things like 
little richard and elvis you know early elvis and and things like Mm -hmm. that going into the late 50s early 60s yeah buddy Um, holly and the crickets exactly so when he met john lennon at the age of 15 in 1957 um where by then john lennon had actually already formed the quarry men um uh they they had similar interests as far as musical taste so paul got invited to join as a rhythm guitarist um and then it was paul who brought george in because they were friends um and then Stuart sutcliffe came in to play bass um Mm -hmm. so and then that was kind of the the lineup by 1960 and then they got through several named names including johnny and the moondogs the mm-hmm. ba towels b-a-b-e-a-t-a-l-s the silver beetles b-e-e-t-l-e-s yes um, yep. and then finally settled on the beetles as we know and love it and recruited pete best as the drummer Sutcliffe obviously left in 61. Paul became the bass player, albeit reluctantly at first. Mm -hmm. Now he's known as one of the greatest bass players in the entire history of rock and roll music. Um, uh, And of course, we know the history of them going to Germany and all that, because we covered that when we talked about John and his history. Beatlemania, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the Beatles became the Beatles to the world, uh, you know, John was the cool one. George was the quiet one. Ringo was the mm-hmm. funny one. And Paul one. was the cute one. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Um, and then obviously Pete Best left. Ringo came in as a drummer, and bada bing, bada boom, we've got the Beatles as history yep. knows them. And he and John would go on as the McCartney Ledden songwriting duo to write a buttload <laughs> of hit songs. <laughs> Uh, and then obviously as time goes on the Beatles style change as we've talked about we just talked about Sgt. Pepper recently which saw a distinct pivot in the Beatles style going from you know touring band to well we're not going to tour anymore so we can do whatever the hell we want in the studio let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and that's pretty much how it went through the end of the beatles career we will be talking about magical mystery tour and all the psychedelic madness that goes with that some point later this year (laughs) (laughs) because that was also released in the same year as sergeant pepper uh 67 so uh yeah once brian epstein died in 
August of 67, the Beatles were fairly lost. And Paul was the one that kind of stood and like took a step forward and became kind of the de facto leader. So for everything, you know, John was kind of the leader as far as the band was concerned. And then Brian, obviously, as their manager, tried to manage all of them. But as we know, John Lennon (laughs) didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. like being managed. Uh, so when there, that void was left from Brian, uh, Paul stepped in and kind of took over in Magical Mystery Tour and the subsequent, like I said, psychedelic mind-bending mm-hmm. thing that is the film that goes with it was Paul's baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. He directed it. <laughs> Yep. He health make it happen again. We will talk about that down the line. Um, uh, oh, um, and then obviously, as uh, we saw and discussed when we talked about um, the Peter Jackson documentary by what was becoming the end of the Beatles, Paul had met linda um Mm. and that was a very serious relationship um um, obviously linda was there in the at least for some of that uh you know she ended up taking (laughs) some of the pictures that were utilized on the let it be album cover actually Mm -hmm. um and her her daughter which paul subsequently adopted when he and linda got married uh being the most adorable thing running around Mm -hmm. in the studio yes so um but he and linda uh got properly married in march of 1969 and then in august as predicted i think by george was he or george or ringo can't remember which that said something about how they thought linda was pregnant they were right uh because i got married in march and in august mary was born (laughs) so Mm -hmm. named after paul's mother um um, obviously the (laughs) late 60s also included the paul is dead rumor urban legend thing which we discussed on our sergeant pepper episodes we don't need to rehash that but uh as like i said as someone who's recently saying him paul is not dead (laughs) no he is not that is the paul mccartney never been replaced even chauncey and i were discussing that on our on the drive back uh from knoxville that i was telling him about it's like it's it was the mid 60s you know the rumor is paul supposedly died in a car crash in 66 and he was replaced by someone who had to have plastic surgery someone who kind of looked like him already but just had some plastic surgery to look more like him is also left-handed knows how to play the bass piano guitar all the same instruments 
can talk and sound exactly like Paul, knows all of Paul's backstory and his personal history. <laughs> that is a lot of trouble to go to just that to replace That is a somebody. lot of trouble to go yeah. to. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, trouble, time, no. and money. I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. So. Oh, the 60s. Yeah, I know. It's a weird time, you know? It was. <laughs> um so um and as we know um john lennon privately left the beatles in fall of 69 agreed not to go public uh so as to not jeopardize ongoing business negotiations um uh paul was in disagreement with the other guys regarding management of the group um and announced publicly announced his own departure in april of 1970 he was the one that filed the suit for the band's formal disillusion um and um, obviously the the beatles partnership legally was officially dissolved in 1975 when John Lennon signed the papers while he was at Walt Disney World. Again, we've discussed that. Go listen to our John Lennon episode. <laughs> and then go listen to Lou Mangello's episode <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, the Beatles done 1970. Paul, obviously, you know, not you know as 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 unhappy as the band was obviously it hurt to have the band break up um thankfully linda was there to support him goodness for linda who knows what would happen had happened if linda had not been there she's the most supportive woman in the entire universe um and um uh, uh so um he went and uh started doing solo work so he released his first solo album mccartney and um other than some vocals by linda that is pretty much a one-man album something that paul has done actually several times since then where he does all the compositions all the instruments and the vocals the man is wicked talented crazy um and um and then he did uh his second solo album ram and by then he was starting to collaborate with some other fellow musicians Mm -hmm. and with the addition of ex moody blues guitarist denny lane mm-hmm. we now have wings <laughs> yep so. and man did they put out some good scoop oh yes yeah i had a friend uh gift me mm-hmm. a uh like a barnes and noble gift card or something as a graduation uh-huh. gift when yeah. i graduated high school that tells uh-huh. you, <clears throat> and that's when the uh, wings and wings wingspan 
Oh yes, that it's is the such double, a the double disc, the double, double CD. Yeah, that is, that's a fantastic collection to get your feet wet. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, I ended up buying yes. that with that gift card that I got as a graduation present. So, <laughs> that, that was that like I knew cover. of Wings. <laughs> like I was a huge Beatles fan, and I knew of Wings, and I knew some of mm-hmm. like I obviously like because my brother is a huge James Bond fan. I know the theme to right. Live and Let Live Die, and let die. Like the back yeah. of my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Which is the best Bond soundtrack song? Oh yes, hand yes. down. Sorry, it is. It is, it is a beggar. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, the the wings wingspan is just it's just two disc CD kids uh, <laughs> CD sets. <laughs> but yeah, it is a very good way to get your feet wet if you're one to 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 start listen to paul's solo solo slash wings um mm-hmm. stuff on there uh so because yeah. uh, some of the stuff he did with mccartney and ram ends up getting kind of lumped together with wings even right. though technically that was pre-wings but it's like eh, mm-hmm. it's close enough yep so um so um yeah and you know obviously creating a new band literally like a year after the beatles broke up and like paul like publicly walked away was a little nerve-wracking um yeah uh and paul actually said um in um in a it's this this is a quote from a book that was printed in 2002 um but paul said wings wings were always a difficult idea any group having to follow the Beatles' success would have a hard job i found myself in that very position however it was a choice between going on or finishing and i love music too much to think of stopping Mm oh um and then um also that year paul got a new band and a new kid (laughs) (laughs) as he and linda's second daughter stella was born who was named after linda's grandmothers who has gone on to become quite the name herself in the fashion world stella mccartney you Mm -hmm. may have heard of her yes uh (laughs) so um so then um wings went on their first tour in 1972 in front of an audience of 700 people at the university of nottingham um, they ended up doing a 10 gig tour traveling across the uk in a van doing shows at universities where they stayed in essentially motels and getting paid by the coins that the students would like toss in a hat <laughs> like whatever you got in your welcome pockets welcome back to the days of the cavern club paul <laughs> pretty much actually because uh, he, he he said paul later said after the fact he said the main thing i didn't want was to come on stage faced with a whole torment of five rows of press people with little pads 
all looking at me saying, and oh, well, he's not as good as he was. So we decided to go on that university tour, which made me less nervous. By the end of that tour, I felt ready for something else. So we went to Europe, which is what exactly they did. They did a seven week, 25 show Wings Over Europe tour where they played just Wings and McCartney solo material other than the cover of Long Tail Sally, which is a little Richard song. Um, mm -hmm. And um, even then, they were not doing large venues. Um, most of the halls they played had capacities of fewer than 3,000 people. You know, so uh, obviously quite a difference than the hullabaloo of screaming fans at Candlestick Park where the bands, you know, the Beatles couldn't even hear themselves playing to mm -hmm. 700, maybe a couple thousand university students or random gigs mm -hmm. across Europe. So. But hey, sometimes getting back to your roots is a good thing. So yeah, I probably exactly. did kind of, you know, a reminder Help of like, hit the, the Cavern Club button. and you know the stuff they did in Germany and and the like. So, mm -hmm. um, and then um, March of seventy three got their first Wings received their first U.S. number one single with My Love mm -hmm. off of their second LP Red Rose Speedway. Yep, um. And then I can still remember the eight track that my dad had of that with the rose mm. in the mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. And then working with Linda and former Beatles producer George Martin, they wrote the song Live and Let Die, the theme song to the James mm -hmm. Bond film of the same name, which was nominated for an Academy Award. Yep. It also <laughs> earned Martin a Grammy for his orchestral arrangements. It is also a regular in the Paul McCartney set list. Yep. And with the pyrotechnics. Yes. And depending <laughs> on whether your show is inside or outside will determine the spectacularness or height or <laughs> of, yes. the, of said pyro. Uh-huh. Yep. I've seen him outside once. <laughs> uh so no, that the pyrotechnics pyro, is huge. The pyro <laughs> was like, ah, um, yeah, it was madness. Even inside, <laughs> the inside, there's also to 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 make up for the fact that you can't go as crazy with the pyro. Um, just know that if you have anyone who's sensitive to like flashing lights, yeah, and the the screens, yep. Not just the screens, but like the 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 spotlights, like you know, the, oh the, sure, the stage lights, mm -hmm. lasers, lots of chaos going around visually cacophony. There, I mean, it works right. with the song, obviously, because it gets oh, yeah. to the, the fast bits, and um, <laughs> yeah, it totally matches it. But yeah, if you've got anybody that's like sensitive to that sort of thing, just be aware if you take it with OC Paul. They may want to close yep. their eyes during that bit. <laughs> Until you get to that reggae breakdown, then you know you're good. <laughs> yeah, but then it picks up again the minute it starts getting yeah, fast again. So Right, yeah. Um, but yeah. You get a little respite. <laughs> it was it was it was uh it was like Guy Fox night the la yeah, this last <laughs> <laughs> Which considering he the, 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 at least on this tour, it starts 
the when he starts the song on the on the screen is like this big huge yeah i'm sure they're using like 4k you know so super nice like 3d rendering of parliament that proceeds Ooh, to nice. blow up so it like uh-huh. literally was guy fox or at least what guy fox wanted to happen but never succeeded <laughs> right <laughs> eat your heart out x number of years later <laughs> yeah but it was like all the pyro and everything and lights were flashing and there were lasers and it was just crazy and i'm like ah! i was like i wonder how many people in this audience at the uh the, the 5th of November reference is just going right over their head because we're all Americans. Over their heads. <laughs> but for, for those of us American Eagle Files, we know. None? Okay. Yes. <clears throat> He's like, I've seen V for Vendetta. I'm like, yes, because you're cultured. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, not, that's always, always a banger in live shows and mm-hmm. Yep. That and Hey Jude, just those two songs mm-hmm. together are worth yep. the price of admission to see him live. <laughs> yep. And on the rare occasion band on the run, that one's always a no, no, that one's uh, not that rare uh, either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one is a banger too. Like those three mm-hmm. together, like he could just do those three yep. and then the rest of the show could be like reading me the phone book and I would be perfectly right. happy. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, this is every penny I spent to have this experience is well spent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Obviously, that wasn't the case then. It is now. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, because it wasn't until quite a bit later uh, that actually he started putting Beatles songs back into the set list. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you have to remember that was when he and Michael were on the outs and Michael bought the catalog and he had to pay Michael to use said songs. That was not until the 80s. <laughs> right, but you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. So, but before that, um, mm-hmm. oh, um, because, yeah, because they did uh, Ban on the Run, was released in 73, um, which was their first of seven platinum wings lps um which i love that album uh mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> i love that album mm-hmm. um and uh uh if you've if you've never taken a good close look at the album art all the images shot by linda of course or with mm-hmm. Linda's help because she's in it. <laughs> so yep. obviously she can't shoot the image and be in it at the same time. Uh, but Linda overseeing the photo shoot and uh, other than Paul and Linda, most of the other people maybe not necessarily recognizable just by their face, except for one particular person. I won't tell you who it is. Let's just say there's a very very recognizable very prestigious actor mm-hmm. who is in that group yep on the band on the run cover yep. and i and i love how it looks like they're do, trying to do a prison Escaping break and jail. then they get yeah. to jail and the, <laughs> yes. 
and and reading and reading the story of all the trouble they had to go through to get that album done. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Next time, just stay stateside or UK based. Don't be going to a different country to record and not good. <sighs> Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, different area, different vibe helps creative creative juices. Yes, I know, but <laughs> still. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, well, well uh, could go wrong, went wrong, but suffice it to yeah. say, we made it out and we have the album. Yeah. We can talk about that when that particular <laughs> album actually has its fiftieth uh, anniversary next year. So, <laughs> holy cow, it's turning that old. Oh, yay! Okay. Yay! Yay! Yep. And I can't believe. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. years <laughs> from when I was born. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> yeah. Perspective. Mm-hmm. We're all, we're all getting old. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Wings went on a tear with uh, albums like Venus and Mars and Wings at the Speed of Sound. And then they did a 14-month Wings Over the World tour. Um, and it's at that point in 75, with that tour, that Paul started folding in Beatles songs. Um, with songs like I Just Seen a Face, Yesterday, Blackbird, Lady Madonna, and The Long and Winding Road. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, several of those still in rotation. Um, he did do Blackbird and Lady Madonna, uh, the most recent show I, I, I was at. Um and uh, let's see uh in 77 he and linda had their third child a son this time they named james um and then that later that year in november they released the song mull of kintyre which is very divisive depending on who you ask but it's actually become one of the best-selling singles in uk chart history uh oh and apparently has a is 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 one of those songs that paul only does when he's in ireland i think or scotland something like that it's one of those songs where he only does it's it's certain um certain uh circumstances (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um scotland mostly scotland um although he did play it at the o2 arena which is in london obviously um but again special occasion um uh let's see. then they let's see so end of the 70s saw the release of london town back to the egg which is such a weird mm-hmm. album title but whatever 
Um, and then in 1980, Paul released another solo album, in this case, McCartney 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the first one, he composed and performed it all by his lonesome. All by himself, because he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and by then, Wings dissolved by april of 81 so they kind of reached the the end of the road there and uh it was back to being a solo artist for the rest of his life actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah for the most part for the most part he has teamed up um with a group called the firemen yes Mm -hmm. um that he has appeared on uh he's done a couple albums with um Mm -hmm. but yeah for the most part he's been essentially a solo artist ever since um 80s obviously the 80s did not start off well both with the Mm -mm. dissolution of wings and the death of john lennon right um well, made some interesting musical, musical choices? choices, including Ebony and Ivory with Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that happened. It's just yep, that. It was. Mm-hmm. I get what they were trying to do. Yep. Use the piano keyboard as a metaphor for the human race. Yep. It's a thing. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Pipes the piece is a little bit better at getting the point across. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, and then he ended up doing two songs on Michael Jackson. Uh, yep. The Girl is Mine, which appears on mm-hmm. the Thriller album. Yep. And then they did Say, Say, Say. Uh-huh. Which was uh, one of Paul's, which went into Paul's personal catalog of work. Mm-hmm. The girl is mine. Not bad. Nope. Um, Interesting. I think Brandy and Monica did it better. Yeah. <laughs> the boy is mine. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so you Monica, can say there's a Fran- I know follow it's Brandy. Up. I'm pretty sure it's Monica. Yeah. Uh, Monica and Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the boy is mine. A decade or so later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you could also kind of say there's a sequel that's better. You want her two from the Flowers in the Dirt album with Elvis Costello is probably a better follow up to The Girl Is Mine. <laughs> yeah, you got two artists that are you know in song form like fighting over the same love interest. Mm-hmm. Like it's been done. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's somewhere in there. Um, there was the possibility that maybe he and Michael Jackson could have worked together again beyond those two, but somewhere in there, uh, Michael did Paul dirty. 
<laughs> yeah, because there was one more song that Michael did background vocals on for Pipes of Peace. I think like this is the man, and I think that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. So the Beatles catalog was mm-hmm. going up for sale. Yep. Michael warned Paul, I'm gonna buy that catalog. <laughs> well, Paul knew. According to Paul, everybody yeah. <laughs> knew. Yep. A lot of people were like, well, obviously, if it's going to go for sale, like, one of the Beatles should probably buy it. Or at least have first dibs at it. Have for At least have first dibs at Just it. Just saying. Yeah. Paul really wanted to buy it, did not necessarily have mm-hmm. that kind of cash laying around, but was actively working on trying to get the money together. Whether that was a combination of just his money or got teaming up with George and Ringo so that, you know, they could like equally have it. So it still belonged to the Split you know, three ways. Beatles, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it just so happened that he and Michael were having dinner and they were talking about musicians rights to their music. Because that's even now a thing now. Like we've seen with like mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Right. Who, you know, she was young when she started her career. And unfortunately, big bad record companies and managers and legal people aren't necessarily the nicest. Right. When they're going to write contracts. Um, this even happened to the Beatles, which is why they founded Apple oh. Records, because they were mm-hmm. they realized they weren't getting the royalties that were due to them for some of the uh-huh. early stuff because the fine print of the contracts they wrote said, no, we're going to give all the money to the record company. They're going to have the rights to everything mm-hmm. and they can do whatever the hell they want with it. Like I said, yeah. even now, Taylor Swift is mm-hmm. struggling because she lost the rights to all of her early stuff because of bad contracts this is kind she of did, she didn't know any better so she yeah. essentially had to re-record and re-release her early catalog so that she can still have some version of those songs that belongs to her yeah there this is unfortunately standard operating p- procedure in any industry that publishes mm-hmm. whether it's you know music or or you know book publishing or you know even movies to an extent is that the when they when you have these new up and coming and they're really excited and you know bright eyed and like oh I'm gonna be published on stuff so like they they count on on you like just saying oh I just want to be published and I don't you know they they count on you not reading your contract the contract that you're signing so this just this just have this be a warning and I've I've heard of it from authors and and things like that. Get yourself a good contract lawyer before you sign uh-huh. anything. Yep. If, if you're published, if you're if you're signing a contract with any kind of publisher, because they'll sneak yep. stuff in there, and then you will uh-huh. have signed away all your work and all your things. And and uh, yeah, there's like like the Beatles, they have learned. There's been people throughout the years that have learned this the hard way. So don't yes. Don't um, make this their same mistake. Learn from their, learn from their experiences, or you know, just publish it yourself. Because <laughs> there's so many ways to do it without yeah. that that pesky middleman. Yeah. Anyway, that's my PSA of that. But anyway, continue. No, no, you know, as a published author, he, he you know, I'm sure you've yeah. seen 
<laughs> seen oh, yeah. it, at least from the sidelines with yeah. what Jared's had to go through to get his stuff published. Yeah, well, no, like when we were first starting it, now he's just—it's just kind of he knows what to do and it's routine. But when he was, you know, getting getting set up on Amazon, and you know, you go through—I mean, Amazon is not—it's not quite the same thing. But I mean, he, we know people who, you know, they're like, "Oh, well, when do I get a, an agent?" And we're all like, "Never, <laughs> seriously," because you, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, you, you know, maybe he could be making a lot more money with an agent and a and an editor and a publisher, you know, with that big marketing machine behind it. But they take so much money, they uh-huh. change your work because they want to suit it for for their audience, and it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's more worth it to to publish it yourself. And you know, we live in a, in a time where the means are there. I mean, back in the sixties, seventies, eighties, that wasn't as as easy of an option. But now it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even music, you can put it up on iTunes mm-hmm. yourself and sell it directly, and you get to keep all the money. Well, okay iTunes probably keeps a cut because Amazon keeps a cut of book money, but it's not as much as an editor or a publisher would, would, would take. And, right. you know, I'll, you know, it's, it's not, it's not quit your job money, but Hey, we put a, we, 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 we put a down payment on a house. So with, with, with a lot of that money. So, Oh yeah. I forgot to tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you guys. Very the lead, but yay. Sorry. <laughs> thanks it's been a while but i but that's that that's my example of hey we we saved money and we published it ourselves so indie publishing of any stripe is totally worth it especially Mm -hmm. since you maintain control over your thing but anyway so yeah Mm -hmm. any aspiring creator of any type keep as much control of your of your work as you can and like I said, we we have the tools these days to to make that happen, so you don't have to be beholden to to any middleman because they're actually kind of useless, <laughs> and they don't have your best interest at heart, even though no. they say they do. No, they do. They do not. They will drop you like a hot potato the minute it it suits them. Just a, just a friend. Words of Snoop Dogg, grab it like it's hot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, you gotta feel, you gotta feel for the Beatles and and any other uh, mm-hmm. uh, artist from from way back when when they signed that contract and they're like, oh yay, we're getting we're getting a record deal and it's ugh, it's not what mm-hmm. it seemed. Right, yeah. or or trying to get out of said record contract to get yeah. to a better record company for a better deal, and it's just like right, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then years later, have someone who thought was your friend <laughs> going out mm-hmm. bid you for the rights to your own body yep. of work. work. Yeah, and then the McCartney Jackson relationship full stop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then when Michael Jackson you died did several me, years sir. ago, yes. uh, so when Michael Jackson died with a lot of debt, mm-hmm. Sony got everything, and then you know it was like, we own it now. We can do whatever the hell we want with it. So then you start hearing Beatles songs and things like "Shoe" and car commercials, right? It's yep. just like okay, Sony, you don't think you would like, hey, Paul. 
So Sony Sony has their own has their own um own problems. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) As we've seen in the last decade or so, Sony (laughs) has some very questionable judgment. Sony has not exactly covered themselves in glory. Let us let's leave it at that. (laughs) So yeah, so Paul actually sued Sony. Um back in the 2010s um because uh not for everything it was the publishing rights to 267 of the band's songs it shows you how big the beatles catalog is it's like it's not the entire catalog it's just 267 it's all this you know but still Uh, that's a decent sized chunk (laughs) yeah because the the, because because uh Michael Jackson died, his estate needed to pay off his debts. So they just sold stuff for pennies on the dollar. And Sony's like, hey, we'll take that Beatles catalog. Yes, please. Thank you. Here's $5. And Michael Jackson's estate was like, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I know they spent more than that, but that's what it seems like sometimes. Um, yeah. So yeah, Paul ended up uh, filing suit under a U.S. 1976 Copyright Act that actually other artists like Prince, Billy Joel, and Blondie have had to use Uh to try to get control. That just shows you just how many big-name artists have been screwed over by record companies. They don't have the rights to their own stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, uh, so uh anything composed between september 62 and june 71 under is supposed to become eligible for copyright termination in the u.s after 56 years now duran duran tried something similar in the uk and lost Uh not long before paul did this which is why paul filed in the u.s not the uk um <clears throat> hoping that man. because it was in the u.s that the Dur- the president that got set by duran duran losing would not affect him um right so um because things like love me do could revert to paul at, at the time when he filed the suit in 2018 Oof. others including like come together and get back would not be become available until 2025, which obviously now is only three years away, but still the man is Yikes. going to be 80 soon. So <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So yeah, he started getting in contact with Sony in 2008. And um his lawyers have repeatedly asked Sony to acknowledge his rights to terminate the copyright. And Sony's just been like, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> so, so hence the lawsuit. Um, so he wants, uh, he, he's sued for, you know, to be able to reclaim his song uh, songs as well as Sony to cover the legal fees. Um, and, uh, Sony said at the time of the filing said that, they had the highest respect for Sir Paul, Sir Paul McCartney, with whom we have enjoyed a long and mutually rewarding relationship. We respected the treasured Lennon and McCartney song catalog. 
And then they added, we have collaborated closely with both Sir Paul and the late John Lennon's estate for decades to protect, preserve, and promote the catalog's long-term value. Uh, I'm calling BS on that one. Like, like, well, yeah, obviously the catalog that is the Beatles, especially Lennon and McCartney, because it's not, obviously the entire Beatles catalog is not solely Lennon McCartney. George does have credit on some things. Ringo does too. Uh, some stuff is <clears throat> just the Beatles, especially the stuff right. towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously the long-term value is quite high it i would almost say that almost on a on a maybe not literal level but kind of on a metaphorical level i would say it's almost priceless yeah exactly but i agree oh yeah beside the point it's not just it's- the monetary value of the catalog he's still alive Right, and he has and not it, had the say, rights it's, to it's these intellectual songs. property. It's yeah. his intellectual property. It's yep. Been... He came up with the stuff. Yeah, I mean, some of you know some of this stuff he wrote even before the Beatles became a thing. Like when we talked about Sgt. Pepper, like he started writing what would become when I'm 64, back when he was like 16. <clears throat> so before the you know, the Beatles were the Beatles mm-hmm. so you know the stuff that he and John wrote that says you know either it says McCartney and Lennon or even the stuff that he got sole uh, credit on um, you know some of this stuff he wrote now we're looking at I mean what the Beatles did their first the the Ed Sullivan show in what 64 65 something like that so it's been almost six it's been almost 60 years Mm -hmm. since Beatlemania became what it was and he and John started this songwriting behemoth that it is I mean, this yeah. literally, it's literally his livelihood. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was in his teens. He was in his early 20s when he wrote this stuff. The man's getting ready to turn 80. He, he and Ringo and John and George's estates yep. should have control of the stuff that oh, those yeah. four guys wrote. Mm-hmm. And should have and say. And who gets to use what, it and where. Who gets yep. to use yeah. it. Well, yeah, I mean it's it it is like it's the 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 way record companies and this whole business kind of just has operated. Mm-hmm. It really it blows, and honestly, they just don't care. They they hundred yeah. percent like right, as long 50. as they can, you know, slap it on a on a car commercial or whatever, and get a few bucks out of it, then that's what they're gonna do. And the sentiment mm-hmm. the sentiment behind it, or even you know the the value it would be to their to their their you know to them and their their families it's like eh, who cares yeah it's like i'm gonna do it and that's uh unfortunately that's just kind of i i don't i don't want to you know sound flippant about it and be like well that's just how it is tough turtles but mm-hmm. it kind of it is and it really it's really unfortunate that i, I mean you, you think about all these you know artists creators 
who, you know, they have these ideas and they have these dreams and they just want that they want to get it out there. Mm -hmm. And these companies, these, 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 you know, corrupt or, you know, whatever these, these people, they're like, Oh, you know, we're going to write the contract to benefit us. And who cares about this person who's Mm -hmm. making something, making a product that, you know, is going to, you know, make us rich. I mean, you, you want to, you, you know, kids say like, Oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be a musician. I want to be, you know, all these things. Actually, you know, if you, it's kind of sad to say, it's like, no, you probably want to be, you know, the, the one writing the contracts because they're the ones that get all the money and mm-hmm. yeah, they're kind of sleazy about mm-hmm. it or lots are yeah. really sleazy I mean, about it. Sleazy. But I mean, whenever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and I can also play devil's advocate that, like, you know, when a, a record company signs an artist, you don't know that they're necessarily going to be right successful and therefore make them any money. They could be, uh, they could end up being Milli Vanilli, you know? Right, right. One-hit wonders. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, well, and one-hit wonder didn't even actually sing their own songs. That you too, know? yeah. They had to give back their Grammy award because it turns out they're frauds. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, yeah, you know, if an artist turns out to be a bust, at least they've got the music and maybe they can reuse that music down the road to something that actually does make a profit, mm-hmm. which when you can't tell the future, that's understandable. We're, we're talking 50, 60 years later, give up the ghost already, you know, right. it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it it gets. I mean, yeah, if if, if the yeah. Con- okay, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm, I sound like I'm painting all you know publishers or whatever with it with this broad brush. Oh, there yeah, are no, there are it. publishers and and record labels that are probably like, oh yeah, you know, we want you to have control over your work and we will market it and you know, there's a mutually beneficial thing to it. But with these really big ones that you hear about, the Beatles and the you know the, and all these other things that that we talk about. It's just, you know, some of these really big, big record labels are just, nah, we just, we just want the stuff. We just want the things. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems Billy like. Billy Cheatham and Howe, School of Business. Yes, pr- pretty much. And it seem, seems like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this purposely, it seems like it, the bigger the publisher or the label or whatever it is, the more that they just want to consume, co- you know, consume mm-hmm. artists, product, we'll put it out there get the money and you know you 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 belong to us you're part of the machine and and you know anything you create is is ours and there but there are some some medium-sized to smaller presses that are like yeah we're we're doing this as a mutually beneficial thing and then there's people who do it independently on their own which is just fine it's just you know whenever you are signing any kind of contract you know you can you can have a lawyer look it over for you for you know you know you get you get i mean you know, it doesn't have to break the bank you can find one that's that's fairly reasonable with their fees and you don't have to like have them represent you you just need someone to be like here look this over help me understand it and they will and then if it, if there's anything that looks sketchy in there you don't sign it it's like I, like i said learn from the mistakes that some of these big names have made and you'll you know and and don't don't go down that road if you can help it Mm -hmm. right yeah 
I mean, it's not like yeah. It's also not like um, you know, he's you know, Paul and Ringo are unable to like the mm-hmm. songs are completely cut off from them. Obviously, you go see right. Ringo in concert, you're gonna hear things like "Yellow Submarine" and with a little help from my friends. Oh yeah. yeah, Paul can do whatever songs out of the Beatles catalog, even the ones that, yeah, you know, yeah, he may have co-wrote but didn't necessarily sing the lead on. Which, you know, I think is kind of fun. Like, you know, this the show I I just saw a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, sort of speculated about you know which uh, which songs from Sergeant Pepper, you know, mm-hmm. he he might do. He did being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. That's not even a song wow. he sings. That's John. No, that's John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's a uh, it's got to be fifteen, almost twenty years. Probably not twenty years, but it's more than a decade. So, te- you know, fifteen-ish years run. There's a Beatles Cirque du Soleil show that obviously uses songs Love, from the catalog. Yep. That had the complete backing of both Paul Ringo, John, and George's estates. Mm-hmm. So the you know they had to agree to let Cirque du Soleil use the music, right? right for that, along had to with prove the national rights. Yeah, they had to have a pro- approval of anything of that sort of thing. So it's not like they're mm-hmm. completely cut off from it, but it's like well, if no. they're able to, you know, if they're if they're freely able to use it, just let them have it. <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah it's it, it's 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 a muddle for sure yeah oh well either way rant uh um, yeah yeah off soapboxes the, the suit worked i guess ish because they did reach a settlement we have no idea what it is because settlements are always under an nda mm-hmm. um, yep. but yeah, he and he and Sony ended up reaching a a settlement out of court that we will never know fully <laughs> what it was, but it must have been good enough for Paul and his lawyers. So, but yeah, obviously I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> Down with Sony, with you know. <laughs> I'm just down with Sony for a lot of things. So I think we all are. So <laughs> yeah, join club. We, I mean, they they did great with Ghostbusters and and the uh, and Spider Man, and it's kind of been it's it's been it and it hasn't been quite so much ever since yeah. then. But you know, <laughs> but that's the move. That's the movie division. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the music in the video games, kind of a different arm. Yeah, yeah. but it's still all under different the same. I know. I know. still, yeah. <laughs> once, once in a once in a while, a diamond comes out of the turd. Which yep. I don't know how that works, but well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Sir Paul. Yes. Yes, please. Oh, back to the 80s where things were weird because it was the 80s. So, 84 is when Paul did 
give my regards to Broad Street, which is a yes. musical feature film that mm -hmm. he wrote and produced that stars him, Linda, yep. among other things, yep. and Ringo. <laughs> yes, it's it's interesting to say the least. I do have a DVD copy of it. I do too. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It is. And um, FYI, there might be a review with flicks from friends coming <laughs> in the works because someone might have requested it. Yeah. So. Why? I am very interested <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> yes. Because I'm just like, hmm, yes. <laughs> it instantly came to mind when you were sharing your enjoyment of the concert and we were all, I was like, yeah, I know what I'm going to ask for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, um, let's just say the plot isn't, isn't the major part of it. It's the soundtrack. <laughs> yes yes you're there for the music and the plot just just gives you just something to look at in between musical numbers yep pretty much <laughs> yeah uh, oh um yeah it didn't go over very well <laughs> roger no. ebert roger ebert gave it one star and said you can safely skip the movie and proceed directly to the soundtrack <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, but no, it no. is one of those where it's, you know, you got to see it at least once. So, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and let's see. Um, he did uh, more albums, including Flowers in the Dirt, which was yes. a collaborative effort with Elvis Costello. Yes. Um, and um, in 89, they launched the Paul McCartney World Tour, his first tour in over a decade, which mm -hmm. during that tour, he played, he performed for the largest paying stadium audience in history i think up to that point i'm sure that record has probably been broken since then with bigger and bigger stadiums being built but at least at the time uh april of 1990 where he played for 184,000 people in rio de janeiro wow yep yep um, and then in the early 90s is when we saw Paul start dipping his toe in the orchestral slash classical musical yep. sphere, mm -hmm. something he has done several times. His first foray, again, didn't go over too well <laughs> as nope. far as critics were concerned, but it's something he wanted to try. Mm hmm his hand at so you can't blame him and everybody's got to start somewhere mm -hmm. even paul mccartney mm -hmm. at this point early 90s he's yep. been at it for over 30 years even then mm -hmm. sometimes you yeah you gotta try something new uh yep <laughs> so flex those creative muscles mm -hmm. yeah so yeah he wrote liverpool 
Oratorium? Oratorium. Yeah, Oratorio. Yeah. Um, with the Liver Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Society, which sounds very pompous. So, really, what do the critics know? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, he did MTV Unplugged. Oh, that is a fantastic album! It's called Unplugged, chance. the official bootleg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes because they were those those were hard to find because my dad got a limited edition cd which i still have nice. and i have a limited edition i have a limited edition cassette tape of that floating around somewhere still nice yes yes so if you haven't listened to it oh it's worth the listen to hear mm-hmm. those stuff's acoustic and him getting so excited that he accidentally goofs up the opening of we can work it out and has to start all over again <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd got a kick out of it it's just like okay <laughs> let's do this yeah <laughs> well even now uh paul will joke um about doing you know live shows and people have signs out in the audience. <laughs> and even now, he's all like, you know, I'll be doing a song, you know, like, we can work it out or something. And it's like, don't read the signs. You'll screw up the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Blinders <laughs> on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like, I appreciate the love, you know. But... I enjoy reading the signs when I'm not singing, but while I'm singing, it's like, don't look at the signs, don't read the words. <laughs> yep. Especially when some of the signs say silly things, like um, mm-hmm. there was, let's see, somebody had a, a side that said, will you sign my arm? Which, not that weird. And then there was another sign that says, will you sign my butt? <laughs> which paul then proceed uh, proceeded to respond well let me see and i'll decide from there let me see it and I'll... <laughs> or let me have a look at it yeah <laughs> so. oh, at least he's got a cheeky sense of humor you yes he yeah. <laughs> so uh and then he took uh a four-year break uh, so that he could work with uh, George Ringo and George Martin on the Beatles Anthology Project. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which is really cool. Yes. Um, Very yeah, cool. A, yeah. Uh, it's also during that time period is when he was presented with an honorary fellowship of the Royal College of Music by Prince Charles. Uh, which his response was kind of amazing for somebody who doesn't read a note of music. (laughs) 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 Oh. Um, So, uh, so, then late 90s, uh, uh, went back in the studio, uh, released the album Flaming Pie, Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which uh Ringo actually appears um on the song Beautiful Night. Uh, yep. On the drums and backing vocals. Mm-hmm. Um he did another classical work that this time topped the UK and US classical charts. Um he did another fireman album. Um and um to round out the 90s he released run devil run Mm -hmm. uh, which was is mostly covers but there are three mccartney originals on there um it's something he had wanted to do for quite a while just hadn't got around to it um he ended up recording it in one week Um, wow and another good cover album it's called the russian album which yes. has a whole bunch of older covers, which is really cool. That was originally <laughs> released in Russia only. Russia. Right. <clears throat> yeah. That was another limited edition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Grab it while it's hot. Mm-hmm. So if you were in Russia Thank that heavens time. For Spot- Thank heavens <laughs> for Spotify now. And you got your hands or if on you knew one, somebody, hold on to it. <laughs> right. Or if you knew somebody who, or like, Call the exclusive company, which is no longer mm-hmm. sadly in existence. It's like, hey, you have did you happen to get it? Okay, mm-hmm. we'll be down there. <laughs> this was not something you, you could get. This is not something you could get from one of those advertisements in like a, the People magazine. Buy get fifteen oh, no. CDs for a penny. Yeah. No, this is where you had to know people at local record stores. And mm-hmm. <laughs> can I take a look at the catalog that you order from? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd like to prepay for that, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, Paul was not the first Beatle to break the Iron Curtain. Ooh, it was? was Ringo. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. If I remembering the history correctly. <laughs> I that say sounds, things and then I question right. myself. Yeah, and that sounds um, right because George was more the Bangladesh India. Yes, and John was a homeboy being daddy it, daycare. Right. Well, well, and then his troubles with Nixon and the FBI, notwithstanding, he really yeah, he's like, I'm not going to leave the U.S. They won't let me back in. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately uh the 90s did not end well for paul no. because linda unfortunately no. died in 1998 of cancer right mm-hmm. uh, so there was a benefit concert for linda the year after she died um, which paul did do an unannounced performance at um, that was at the Royal Albert Hall in London. That um, was organized by a couple of her close friends. Um, and then he continued to work on classical type music. So, but yeah, he and he and Linda had been married for 29 years mm-hmm. when she died. So... Uh, but it was Linda actually who pushed him to do to finally do Run Devil Run. So, cool. Like, you know, Linda's like, 
you know, dying of cancer. And she's like, go record that album you've been talking about for years, you uh-huh. procrastinator. <laughs> do me just do me a favor for your own sanity. Go record this piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're driving me nuts. Go record mm-hmm. the album. <laughs> I assume is how it went. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh two thousands. And we're still not done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, he, uh, let's see, yeah, so 2000, um, he released, uh, an electronic album called Liverpool Sound Collage. Okay, that one missed my radar, so. Yeah, with, <laughs> I, have, sur- I have no comment. Furry animals and youth. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. okay probably yeah. not for me then <laughs> yeah um um and then obviously 2001 the world all over changed quite a bit with the september 11th yep. attacks paul mm-hmm. was at jfk on yep. the tarmac he saw uh-huh. it happen yep i mean obviously along with a lot of other people but you know but not right. just on tv yeah he was right, there in yeah. the city with a no tv required uh right oh um and he jumped right in to help organize the concert for new york city right <clears throat> and that's where we got freedom mm-hmm um and then um 2002 he did freedom as a pre super bowl performance um Mm because this obviously would be the first super bowl since the the terrorist attacks um and um he did that with um his new band which includes rusty anderson and brian ray who are both guitarists Paul mm-hmm. Wicks Wickens, who's keyboardist, yep. and Abe Laboreal Jr. on drums, and they have Abe been his is band the ever on those since. Drums. Abe yep. is hilarious, and, oh, yes. and Wicks has been with him for some time. Mm-hmm. But uh, those, so it's nice to you still know, see those him around. Five, you know, with Paul, mm-hmm. have been yep. the same band, you know, touring together since 2002 so they have been touring together as a band for 20 years so every show that i've seem seen like that long it's Holy been cow. those guys so <laughs> uh-huh. and uh occasionally they will have like uh uh like if they need like brass or whatever they will have people right. come in for that sort of thing but it's those paul puts those four guys for the past mm-hmm. 20 years um and don't seem to uh no signs of slowing down no signs of stopping with that particular grouping so you know as entertaining as paul is give abe the give abe an opportunity (laughs) i hate to say it when i'm watching that lineup in particular okay yes i'm kind of focusing on paul but my eyes are on abe 
the whole I time. Wish... He is so into it. I was I like, ha- dude, yeah, I yes. wish I had noticed sooner because of course my eyes are going to be on Paul most of the time, 99% right. of the time. But I wish I'd been paying attention to Abe sooner um, because during this last show, they did a small mini set of kind sort of acoustic where Paul was uh-huh. on ukulele. Oh, cool. Um, and they did um, In Spite of All the Danger, which is the first song that the Quarrymen ever recorded. Yes. Yep. And then they did his song Dance Tonight, which was a single release from Memory Almost Full. Mm-hmm. And Abe was dancing he had like a little like like single drum and like cymbal and was just standing there you know with a couple drumsticks uh-huh. but he was also dancing the entire time and it wasn't <laughs> oh, until cool. he started doing the lawn sprinkler that i realized what he was doing <laughs> and by then the song was pretty much over so Aww. i really hope someone out there got like abe's full like interpretive dance performance of dance tonight from the knoxville show please send it to me i want to see i need to see it he was doing the macarena he was doing the lawn sprinkle i don't know what else he was doing before i noticed oh it was so funny did paul do something on the ukulele or no uh yeah he does um okay or yeah uh or not the was it the ukulele the mandolin that's what he was doing oh, this was all okay. on on okay. the mandolin because he had gotten himself okay. a left-handed mandolin um either before or while he was in the process of recording memory almost full and he had gone into london to go to his business office for something and he had some time to kill and there's a music shop that he likes to pop into that's in the in the neighborhood um so he popped in and you know the guy that owns the place obviously at this point is like oh there's paul mccartney <laughs> wonder what he's gonna buy today Hi. and paul yeah. was like hey you know if you got anything interesting and and the guy that owns the place was like actually i have a left-handed mandolin and Paul was so, like, cool, <laughs> like I said, because nowadays, left-handed, more commonplace, people are actually going to properly manufacture instead of having to either, one, turn in a guitar upside down, like, you know, poor Jimi Hendrix had to, or uh-huh. reverse the strings like Paul had to do for the longest time. So Paul was like, cool. He bought the left-handed mandolin ended up taking a home was playing with it and then his youngest daughter because by this point he was married to heather mills um, right and they had a daughter together beatrice (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and he was playing with it and beatrice came in and she was dancing because he was just kind of playing around with this this brand new left-handed mandolin that he bought and and uh he thought it was really cute the way she was dancing and that's where dance tonight came from was watching his daughter dance while he played in the mandolin plays a major part in the music of that particular song he does play the ukulele too that he learned from george right yep because george learned how to play the ukulele and then when he and george would hang out uh 
George eventually taught him how to play the ukulele, and he does something mm-hmm. while playing the ukulele in tribute to George. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he always does a tribute to George and John, at least all the times that I've seen him in you know in the last uh, right you know fifteen ish years, um, and. Yeah, he does he does something on the ukulele because George is the one that taught him how to play the ukulele, so then he does something. Um and then the song he wrote for John, if you were here today. Yep. Um, which appears on I think Flaming Pie. Uh I could be don't wrong. think so. Okay. It might have hmm. been off the ground. That, yes. Now that you mentioned, I think it probably was off the ground. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of another slow song off of Flaming Pie that could have kind of fit the same thing, like with him and John having a conversation. Yeah. You know, an imaginary conversation sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, he. So he'll do if if you were here today in in tribute to John. Um. So and then you know he he still plays either either and or maybe I'm amazed or um and now I'm completely blanking on my love my there we love? go I yeah I was like I would get it eventually my love um uh, I was thinking top Lin- two songs yeah. for Linda for Linda yeah for Linda yeah um so um yeah uh so yeah uh so that's the early 2000s like i said he married heather mills um and was um uh, uh, also they did um the concert for george yep um which paul participated in like i said he did perform perform freedom for a pregame performance for super bowl in 2002 He'd end up doing the halftime show in 2005. Mm-hmm. They really should invite him back. <laughs> yes, hint, hint, hint. Classic rock acts are the way to go. Yes. Please. Although I'm also Thank still you. holding out for Weird Al to do the Super Bowl yeah, halftime show. That would be that would be fantastic. Too. It would be so weird. But it Why would not be awesome. both? Yes. <laughs> Why not both? For Los Dos. <laughs> yeah (laughs) paul is one of the few artists that have turned weird al down you're kidding a handful of artists that have actually turned weird al down because weird al always asks permission Mm -hmm. even though he doesn't need to because he's doing parodies under copyright that that's protected so he doesn't actually need permission but because the guy that he is he Mm -hmm. always likes to ask permission And he went to Paul McCarty at one point and asked permission to do a parody of Live and Let Die called Chicken Pot Pie. Oh, Paul turned him down because Paul's a vegetarian. Oh, that's true. But I could and just. Now, I and could, now Weird I could, Al is a I vegetarian. I kind of hear too, it in my. So. <laughs> yeah. so they're both vegetarians now. So I guess it evens out. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, Paul is one of the few Workshop artists that actually, more, actually turned him down. So, and it wasn't because it was like he was going to be really offended. It was just a, on right. know, moral things, like I'm a vegetarian, right? For not promote eating chicken. So, right, yeah. Like when he was on, um, it was Jimmy Fallon at some point, um, and because Paul. <laughs> Paul talks about when he he came up with the idea for yesterday. He dreamt it, the music for it, woke up, quickly like you know used a home recorder, uh, because again he doesn't read or write music, so recorded himself. Uh, didn't have lyrics obviously, so he was doing things like sexy legs and like scrambled eggs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. um so i think it was scrambled eggs was the working title at one time. yes it was <laughs> so when he did jimmy fallon i don't know what year it was um and they took the scrambled eggs and ran with it so and started singing about other food and at one point i think like jimmy fallon was like chicken wings and paul's like no no no, i'm vegetarian so he's like tofu wings <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah <laughs> vegetarian not vegan so eggs are fine yep uh yep <laughs> uh uh oh uh yep yeah. uh, <laughs> uh he did live eight in 2005 mm-hmm. um uh he did uh, another classical album um and uh another fireman album uh and then um obviously we had the uh the uh emi released uh the beatles re-released reissued the beatles catalog after four-year digitally Mm -hmm. remastering effort which Again, when yep. we talked about Sergeant Pepper, big mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe not yep. necessarily the remastering. It's releasing this stuff in stereo. That right. was yes. a mistake. That was and then obviously there yes. were issues with Let It Be. Mm-hmm. On whether it should be the Let It Be Naked or the right. full on like orchestra interface orchestra. Or somewhere in the middle, like it was originally released. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, Good old Phil Spector, Walla Sound. Yeah. Uh, listen to the Beatles catalog in mono. I cannot say it enough times. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Post-Beatles stuff is fine. Wings, all his solo stuff, it's done in stereo, because stereo was a thing by the 70s. That's fine. But the Beatles catalog, it's supposed to be listened to in mono. Uh, <laughs> um, they also released the Beatles Rock Band. So, yes. if you're a fan of the Rock I Band have video game series, yes, uh, there's the Beatles version. Um, so, um, obviously, he uh, did um, uh, <laughs> somewhere in that period, he and Heather divorced. Um, yep. And uh, he would go on to do things like two sold-out concerts at the New Yankee Stadium 
and mm-hmm. he was commissioned by the New York City Ballet and did his first score for dance. Um, and then in 2011, he married Nancy, who he's mm-hmm. still married to now. Um, he did another kind of cover album called Kisses on the Bottom, which is a collection of mm-hmm. love song standards, although there is an original on there, again, called My Valentine. Um, yep which is a beautiful song he wrote that for nancy um which (laughs) the poor lady okay so he did my valentine because nancy was actually there at the show that i was at um oh cool he's like nancy's with us and i was like yeah and one of those box you know those box you know boxes yeah boxes that has a door on them uh with armed security i'm sure standing by the door she's probably she was probably there with like the stadium owner or something i'm sure uh although it's on the university so who knows maybe she's there with the university president i don't know i'm sure she was in that box with somebody important uh um but um for most of paul's songs that he does um it tends to just be like you know graphics like graphics packages like not necessarily stock Mm -hmm. i'm sure the stuff's custom done for him but uh you know just kind of visually interesting type stuff um you know that are just give you like color and movement and stuff behind him and the band while they're performing occasionally he will use the if there's a music video for something sometimes he will use the video the music video Mm -hmm. footage he does that for my valentine if you don't know if you haven't seen the video the video he's not in it it is black and white split screen i believe from pretty much most of it of two people doing sign language of the lyrics of the song it just so happens those two people are natalie portman and johnny depp (laughs) you're kidding wow no no cool uh so the he's like you know i wrote the song for my wife nancy starts to do it the video comes up and the lady behind me like is very confused which (laughs) We're a little bit into the show at this point. I'm pretty sure she had probably gone to the bar at least <laughs> once. Because uh, <laughs> as the show went on, she got more and more enthusiastic, which I'm pretty sure was supported by some adult beverages, which is fine. <laughs> she was real nice mm-hmm. about it. She was just very enthusiastic, which, you know, I didn't need any adult beverages to help with my enthusiasm. It probably, I probably would have got just as annoying, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, she was very confused because she was like, she's like, who's that? Is that, is that? And I was like, I turned around and I was like, it is Johnny Depp. And she's like, yeah, I know that, but who it's it, it, it's like, and that's like, that's Natalie Portman. And she's like, I was like, it's the music video to the song. She's like, oh, okay. I was like, he and Johnny Depp are really good friends. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> well, did Paul make a cameo appearance in uh, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean? The last movies, Pirates along movie, with yes. Keith, with with Keith Richards, yeah. No, he's a Keith Richards is in the one before that. For that, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Keith I Richards thought, is in the one before that. Paul is in the last one. It's okay. very weird, but whatever. The man is up for anything, seriously right uh, but yep. yeah no he and johnny depp are really good friends johnny actually appears in a couple of paul's music videos and so does natalie portman actually natalie portman i believe is in the music video for dance tonight um as well so you know <laughs> there you go when you're paul mccartney you're friends with everybody uh yeah so. or if paul mccartney calls you and asks you you say yes yeah <laughs> and <laughs> the story too. <laughs> that too actually the the video for um queenie eye johnny's in there's a lot of famous faces actually in that one so you can go watch that after you're done listening to this um so but yeah he and johnny depp are really good friends so uh <laughs> like some people i saw like after i don't know just showing orlando or something and somebody caught you know put you know posted a picture of of during the performance of that song and they're like is paul mccartney showing support for johnny depp and i'm like well i mean he's probably supporting his friend but it's the music video for in the you know that music video was yeah. 10 years old so right right you know. yeah <laughs> and it's a beautiful you know, it's beautiful it's very simple like i said it's black and white it's just the two of them sitting there although johnny depp starts playing a guitar at some point um but it, I mean, it's you know, it's a beautiful song. It's you know, just very lovely and kind of stripped down. So it's like, yeah, in a way, he maybe he is, but it's also just the music video for the that right. Song. Don't read too and, much into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he and Johnny Depp are really good friends. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. So yeah, yeah. That song appears on Kisses on the Bottom um and then um obviously 2012 was the queen's diamond jubilee mm -hmm. uh, so the concert for that paul performed at obviously he did not perform at this year's jubilee concert because he's on tour he does have a little video message that he sends to the queen that gets shown during the platinum party um mm -hmm. so and then he also did the closing ceremony for the london olympics that year mm -hmm. uh, because you can't you can't host the yeah. olympics in <laughs> london and not have a beetle uh exactly yeah so um and he got paid a whole pound from the olympic organization <laughs> for that because he donated his time but i guess <laughs> oh, cool. i guess they had to pay him something for tax reasons or something so they he got paid a pound uh <laughs> it was keeping simple yeah. yeah um i mean and you know at, at that point he's just he's just been kind of doing his thing i mean he's still doing events teaming up with art other artists he's really good friends with dave grohl too yep the, you know, his Gabriel story. Yeah, he loves on. meeting and getting to know the up and coming artists. 
-hmm. even now you know i'm not gonna talk about his venture with kanye that's uh, oh whatever Um, that was a that was a misstep (laughs) no it was oh i mean i have no idea if they were real or not because every anything could be faked but it was just funny seeing screenshots of tweets that supposedly yeah, tweets yeah they were saying like oh yes. man who's this paul mccartney and he's so lucky to he's gonna go far Conway. he's gonna yeah. go far or just like mm. Mm. like i said i don't know if those are real or if they were a, mm. a spoof because who the heck knows anymore but i was just like if those are real yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. he's going to go far he's gone far we've been at this okay. for two hours and we're still only to yep. the mid 2010s <laughs> Speak, going back to dave Grohl. There's a clip from Graham Norton with Dave Grohl telling the story of how Paul McCartney gave his eldest daughter piano lessons. It is Mm -hmm. so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he loves, you know, new music, you know, and likes to, you know, listen and find out about upcoming artists. So, um you know um and obviously also still honoring <laughs> the legacy that got him to this point so obviously mm-hmm. there was the the uh the big beatles ed sullivan anniversary yep. in 2014 so 64 when the beatles were on ed sullivan um uh that was a, a big thing you know he and Ringo were able to get together mm-hmm. and do some things along with a bunch of their friends uh he did the final concert at Candlestick Park in San Francisco before it got demolished funnily enough was it Candlestick Park was it the show Candlestick I Park I believe so I think so yeah no yeah, yeah. I was thinking this documentary that I was watching um I can't remember. Was it Candlestick Park or one of the New York stadiums? I think it was a Candlestick Jet, Park concert. Uh, uh, Meryl Streep was at that concert. Wow. Yes. Cool. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so that was cool. Uh, at the the Beatles concert at Candlestick Park, not the, the pre demolition concert. So she got to see the Beatles, like, yeah. <laughs> like right before they finished touring permanently so um uh he's he's released books um mm-hmm. you know he's released uh art um mm-hmm. they've done uh in 2016 they released uh, a collection called pure mccartney yeah, um, it's uh, it's available on several different formats, including a two CD, four CD, four LP, and digital. The four CD version includes sixty-seven tracks. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, he appeared in parts of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales as Uncle Jack, and <laughs> so <laughs> Keith Richards got to play J- Jack Sparrow's dad. Dad, yeah, already yeah. <laughs> plays Jack's uncle. <laughs> Yeah. there you go yeah surprise surprise <laughs> yeah um so um he 
Uh, he did a show at the Cavern Club in 2018 mm-hmm. um, that was filmed and later broadcast by the BBC <laughs> on Christmas on Christmas Day in 2020. Um, he uh, released his 18th solo album, McCartney 3, in the yep. 18th of December 2020. Um, again, books. He released a book called The Lyrics, 1956 to the Present in 2001. That's a two volumes, two volume set. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have physical copy. I saved up enough gift cards so when the digital got slashed to the not yep. sticker shock price, I purchased it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the one thing I do walk into Barnes and Noble, they have a 50% off sale. I'm like, ooh, good. First thing on the door. We're sorry, but Paul McCartney's lyrics is not part of the 50% off sale. I was like, dang it. <sighs> Killing me, Smalls. Right, exactly. Because I was like, ooh, 50% off. I know what I'm getting. Uh, guess not. <laughs> um, he is currently on tour at least for a few more days. The Got Back mm-hmm. Tour uh, actually runs until the 16th of June. <laughs> so he'll have a nice little break this weekend for his birthday. Um, and then mm-hmm. he will be headlining the Glastonbury Festival next week. Which he has done a couple of times. Yep. Yeah. But this will make him the festival's oldest participant in its history. Mm-hmm. Yep. And still no sign of slowing down at all. It's crazy. It was so funny is I was laughing uh, earlier and Chauncey's like, what's so funny? Um, Is uh, the, I'll have it linked in the, in the show notes, the the documentary I was watching um, where it, it's got Meryl Streep in it. And she was talking about how she got to see the Beatles mm-hmm. back in the sixties. Um, and was this uh, the Tom the doc- Hanks one? No, this is this is from two thousand two. So it ends okay. with him and Heather getting you know getting ready to get married. And okay, everybody's like, "Oh, okay. it's so great! He found love again." I'm like, oh, "This marriage yeah. is gonna last," but yeah, whatever. right? Yeah, my co- uh, one of my college friends was thinking the same thing. It's like, "Yeah, it's nice, but yeah, that uh, sorry, it's not gonna last very long." I'm like, "Yep, okay, yep." She called it. <laughs> yep, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Heather is a nice enough person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to think that you know she's a good mother to her and her and Paul's child. I just think that they were from two way too separate universes. Yeah. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. age thing. I think it's just more no. They're you know where they are in life. It does. I suddenly they get messed up. Mm-hmm. Nancy, I think, is better right. because she's older and has had more similar life experiences to him, so that they have right. more in yeah. common. So, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I've never met either of them. I'm right. sure they're all nice women. Uh, <laughs> so um but uh but yeah the documentary it's from 2002 so it's it's quite a bit old but there's a lot of archive footage um and there is a short clip of some bbc or whatever the guy had a british accent so some sort of reporter in 75 
So Wings is on tour at this point now doing bigger tours now that people know that, you know, Paul McCartney's got a new band. And so they're doing like the bigger tours, not the college stuff. And the guy interviewing him him is like, so you're what, like 31 now? And Paul's like, no, I'm 33. And the interviewer's like, 33, isn't that a bit old for rock and roll? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> that question did not hold up well <laughs> open mouth insert foot i mean yeah. Yeah. yeah i was like yeah no not even close <laughs> i just thought that was so funny he's like oh uh, if you old that rock? poor interviewer if he only knew then what he probably knows now he wouldn't yeah. have asked that question you know, if, if, you know the, what i love so much is you know obviously i totally get that i'm from a place of privilege that not only have i got to see paul once but four times there was a lady when i was standing in line for merchandise after the show because we got to the stadium a little later than we would have liked um there was a lady behind me that had been waiting since the i think she said like 1970 something to see paul wow like wow. she she had she had a, she was going out with a guy at the time and they were gonna go and then like he broke up with her so she didn't get to go to the show and she's been waiting ever since to see paul live <sighs> and she Man. is like in her 70s or something like that uh so she was wow. quite a bit older uh so like i totally get that i'm not even 40 and i've had the chance to see paul mccartney live four times um you know because it's not yeah you know, he's not cheap <laughs> by any <laughs> oh, no worth every penny but still oh, yeah not cheap uh <laughs> tickets and not easy necessarily to get either i don't uh -uh. i was ooh, i was ooh. on the Ticketmaster website when these went on sale, refreshing for close to an hour uh -huh. before it would before it would let me select tickets, but it would not let me buy them because somebody else would buy them before I could actually hit purchase. So I'd have to go back and select two more tickets and then be like, "Sorry, those are sold." Ugh. So uh -huh. yeah, not an easy ticket to get, even if you got the money uh and the resources mm -hmm. to go because yeah. like i said mm -hmm. i've only seen him in indianapolis once every other show has been out of state we ended up talking with a guy walking to the venue after from where we'd had dinner the guy drove from denver wow. holy cow to knoxville to see paul Wowza. why he didn't mm -hmm. go to any of the, like the california shows i don't know probably because the cost would have been outrageous <laughs> probably right, california's yeah. bad enough as it is um right so it was probably cheaper for him to drive from denver but still Honestly, he wanted to see probably, paul yes. hadn't yeah. had a chance yeah drove two days from denver to knoxville tennessee oh and absolutely worth it because you know yeah there are the songs that you know you're gonna hear you know your live and let dies <laughs> your let it be's your hey jude's 
and the like band on the run um mm -hmm. but what i love is because his catalog is so big and holly you and i were talking about this actually <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> after the fact because um, mm -hmm. he after the show was over and there were people around me they're like well he didn't play yesterday or he didn't play but i'm like you know how there's it's not physically possible for him to do his entire catalog <laughs> it's just too big but i love the fact because it's so big he can do things like do something random that you're not right. expecting like a being for the benefit of mr kite right this, you don't expect him to do songs that were not ones that he was the lead vocal on obviously something like something is different because he's doing that in right. tribute to george but right most of the you know the beatles related stuff that he does are songs that he was the lead vocalist for but every now and then mm -hmm. he will pull something random out and mm -hmm. pop it in the set list and i think it's yeah. really cool when he does stuff like this oh, and mm -hmm. you you know you, you, i'm sure he wants to play different things i mean yeah he'll play the the, the right. old favorites that everybody loves but um mix it up a bit oh yeah <laughs> it yeah. keeps it fresh for him yeah it keeps it fresh for him it keeps it fresh for the audience you know, it keeps it fresh for, you know, the, the other guys in the bands that I'm sure could mm -hmm. play the entire catalog frontwards, backwards, oh, yeah. upside down, mm -hmm. inside out with one hand tied behind their back. You'll give Dave that idea because he'd probably try it. <laughs> we try it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a great big old huge grin on his face. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey watch me try this. <laughs> <laughs> You when I saw her standing there with one hand tied behind my back, I will give you. I saw her standing there with one hand tied uh -huh. behind my back. Uh, <laughs> you take a no swing, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, but he, I mean, even you know, even this show, because uh, I want to make sure I mention this, um, mm -hmm. and I will make sure to post the video on like our facebook mm -hmm. probably because that's the best place to post something of that length mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but uh because this is um obviously post let it be get back peter mm -hmm. jackson mm -hmm. amazingness that we obviously have discussed on the podcast mm -hmm. listen to that episode oh yes um but um because it was because Chauncey was rewatching bits of Get Back before we left for Knoxville. Mm -hmm. He's like, "Oh, it's like, do you think he'll do Get Back when we see him?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, obviously he he's going to do Get Back. Mm -hmm. He does he does tend to do Get Back quite often." Um, oh yeah, in the set list, I'm like, "Yeah, he'll do Get Back," um, which he did. Um, mm -hmm. But um, he did. I have a feeling which oh yeah is not mm, that's one of my unusual it's not unusual for the set list i've seen him do it before um uh, mm -hmm. abe really likes the bit about letting your hair down because the man doesn't have any uh um, yeah, hair yeah he likes to acknowledge <laughs> the fact that he does not have any hair but if he did he would definitely be letting it down uh <laughs> but uh 
going on this tour uh i guess i don't know exactly how it came about but peter jackson got in touch with paul and said hey because all the work we've done on this footage for the documentary i can isolate john's vocals from the rooftop concert if you want them which he Peter Jackson, man, you are a genius. So we got to if see Paul. You were in front of me. Yeah. Great we big got hunk. to see Paul <laughs> perform. I got a feeling with the footage, using the footage from the oh. Rooftop concert, but with John Lennon's isolated book. I'm getting teary eyed just mm. thinking about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so essentially, we got to see Paul perform with John again. <sighs> Chills. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing um on a number of levels obviously you know Mm because because john's been gone for over 40 years now Mm -hmm. um but also because that rooftop concert was the last time the beatles ever performed together in public right so you know in a way it's it's bridging the gap from the people that just so happened to be on those streets in london that day and got mm-hmm. to experience that to now who the people who have watched get back and mm-hmm. um realize how special all that footage is and then to have peter jackson be like hey paul you want to perform with john again i can give it to you in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just like mm-hmm. oh Uh, by that point i was already like i was already trying to recover from the tears i cry every time hey jude starts i don't know why oh yeah the minute the words Mm -hmm. hey jude come out of his mouth buckets i just cry the entire time Mm -hmm. like i going into the show i was like yeah chauncey usually always has like tissue and stuff stuff in his pockets because he's got horrible allergies <laughs> so i figured mm-hmm. he was prepared and he's like i was like you have kleenex in your pockets right and he's like yeah do you need it i was like no but i will at some point <laughs> there will be tears there'll be happy tears there are tears, be tears yes. at some point and the minute hey jude started he didn't even really have to look at me or say anything he just reached into his pocket and handed me kleenex <laughs> <laughs> here sweetie yeah <laughs> So then when Paul came out, came, you know, it got, that was at that point in the show. And then we get a little further into, you know, this is towards the end of the show. And Paul's all like, hey, Pete, you know, tell this story about, hey, Peter Jackson got a hold of me. He's like, hey, I can isolate John's vocals. And I'm like, holy crap. Is what going to happen? Is going to happen? And then Sean, <laughs> and I had already gotten rid of the first tissue because I completely decimated it destroyed it uh-huh. and Chauncey immediately is like handing me another one and getting one for himself because <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was so mm. wild it was like i was like this is i mean with technology today it's like this is crazy that we're getting to see mm-hmm. paul and john essentially perform together yeah right after you know <laughs> all this time years, apart yeah. so Oh, okay. I gotta stop crying. <laughs> I just wanted to make I'm sure, sure that I got to too. talk. I just wanted to make sure I got the chance to talk about that because it was just, 
Uh-huh. Those like once in a lifetime experiences that right. it's like I and don't when know. You were telling us about it. I was yeah. tearing up myself. I'm just like, oh my. Yeah, I was like, you're gosh, gonna need tissues you know. to watch this footage. Don't trust me. And I, I cried. I cried. I yeah. will admit, when you <laughs> as soon as that started, I mean, tears of joy were just going down my face. I was singing along. It was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, Peter Jackson, I love you. I want to kick you at the same time. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we mean that in the most sincerest way possible, Peter. <laughs> yes. It'll be a loving kick, but I'm still going to kick. It's just going to be a gentle little tap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all good. Uh, Woo. Anyway. So, anyway. Yeah. Paul McCartney, 80, almost 80 still at it you know catalog as long mm-hmm. as the day is and so many still adding to awards. it <laughs> yeah i mean so many awards you know he's got a he's been knighted you know by the queen mm-hmm. so you, know, you call him sir paul mccartney he's got kennedy center honors he's been in the rocker he's yep. been inducted in the rock and roll hall of fame twice both as a member twice of and as a solo artist Yep, I can still remember when he got inducted in Stella's white tank top that they had yeah. to wear out. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. That, well, it might be. It might be on the longer list in Wikipedia. I was like, I'm surprised that he's not in the Songwriters uh, Hall of Fame yet. The Songwriters Hall of Fame, like Elton John and Bernie Taupin are, but he might be. In it. It's just not listed on the shortened yeah, version of the list i'm saying so uh but yeah he's just 18 grammy awards <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. nuts yeah there international is. Honorary, treasure honor, several honorary doctorates from various universities <laughs> so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in the library of congress <laughs> so yeah it's and he's he's still at it you know he's still cranking it out he had huge discography you know film credits mm-hmm. yeah obviously <laughs> pirates and he, pr- and, he pr- <laughs> yeah. and then he also helped produce in the early 80s some of the some british cartoons mm-hmm Rupert the Bear, yeah. I think, being one of them. Mm-hmm. Appeared as appeared of himself, appeared as himself, mm-hmm. and things like The Simpsons. Uh, yep, he's been on Saturday Night Live a ton. Uh-huh. So he's yep. in the uh, the the Platinum Club for. Usually, it, they, there's a running gag of the like. For a while, it was the Five Timers Club, but folks that had hosted SNL five mm-hmm. at least five times. But now you've got folks like Steve Martin um, who are in like the double digits. And then like Paul has been right. on uh, SNL so many times that he's actually in it too, even though he's technically never hosted, I don't think. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, hey, usually yeah. you're with the host at the end of the show, so it counts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of live shows. And like I said, 
He's still at it. The current tour, yeah. not over for three more days. So, <laughs> it, you know, two out, you know, two hours plus, <laughs> two and a half hours plus, uh, or uh, or shows. So it's just absolutely crazy absolutely crazy not bad for a working class kid from liverpool not at all exactly awesome well if uh, any of our listeners want to chime in on their favorite paul mccartney songs or moments or perhaps you've seen him live as rachel um talked about send us some feedback about that uh our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com you can also visit our website which is the fiveishfangirls.com to get links to our social media and our youtube channel and all the places where you can download our podcast and also ways to support us through patreon and uh through our merch shop and other fine outlets that uh, help us keep this podcast chugging along and thank you for listening thank you for your support your comments your feedback however it is you interact with us we love you guys and yeah we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll be here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sorry bob yep cool all right. Well, with that, we shall sign off for this week. This is Angel just saying goodnight. This is Chrissy saying goodnight in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. You know that uh, SNL skit with Chris Farley, the Chris Farley show? Mm-hmm. Yep. How Chris Farley like fumbling all over himself. That would uh-huh. be, that would be me if I ever met Paul. <laughs> That's assuming <laughs> I was here. conscious. First yes, I would probably I faint salt. on the floor. <laughs> yes. Smelling salts and <laughs> Yeah. And then I would turn into Chris Farley. It's funny, mm-hmm. it's also true. to the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. You can find more episodes and information at thefiveishfangirls.com. Any and all books, movies, games, and any other forms of media mentioned are owned and operated by the respective copyright holders. No copyright infringement is intended or implied. If you wish to support the show, the easiest way is to leave us a rating and review. More ratings and reviews will make it easier for others to find the show. If you wish to support us monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash fiveishfangirlspodcast. All money goes towards fees and equipment to keep the show going. For official Fiveish Fangirls merchandise, visit redbubble.com slash people slash fiveishfangirls. We love hearing from our listeners and encourage feedback. You can email us at fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fiveishfangirls. 
Thank you so much for listening and may the squee be with you.